Welcome to our podcast, Senior Living Straight Talk, hosted by V. As your clients prepare to make the most of retirement, they likely have questions. We can help you develop your answers. On Senior Living Straight Talk, we speak with industry experts about some of the most frequently discussed topics on seniors' minds today, from estate planning and taxes to the myriad of retirement living options in the market. Tune in to gain new ideas and creative solutions for your clients. I'm Pam Foltz, Senior Community Relations Manager with V. On today's segment, we will be discussing Living to 100 with Dr. Joseph Casciani, who has a 35-year history in aging as a psychologist and manager of mental health practices. He's developed mental health training for California's nursing homes. He's been the clinical lead for a multi-state group practice for patients in nursing homes, and he's managed his own multi-state company. In 2018, he extended his professional interest in aging to his new venture called the Living to 100 Club. The website, livingto100.club, offers a collection of strategies and resources on successful aging. Welcome, Dr. Kashiani, and thank you so much for joining the program today. Uh, Thanks so much, too, for the invitation, Pam. I'm looking forward to our conversation. This is a topic I love to discuss and successful aging and psychologically healthy aging is really important to me. Well, this is a topic that I am very interested in learning about as well, and hopefully our listeners will be too. So you're known for focusing on helping people live to the age of 100. As you know, senior living communities across the country, such as are offered by V, are known to provide enhanced opportunities for engagement. So what are specific ways you see this occurring, this engagement, and what are the benefits to seniors of this happening? You know, we're learning so much about longevity and living longer and what are the elements and what are the critical factors that help to extend our lives. And we learned a lot from the blue zones. Many of the listeners know about the blue zones where we have the greatest numbers of centenarians in the population. And there are several factors that emerged over across these five or six geographic areas around the world. You know, things like proper diet and sleep and engagement, social engagement. So I think it's really important to understand that living to 100 is a great destination, but you know what kind of lifestyle can we put in place to make sure we live our longest lives possible? And you know, to me, living to 100 club, like I said, is a great destination. But as a psychologist, I always think about what you know what happens when we hit some of those bumps, and can we still stay positive? What's the mindset when we have a little bit of a or may have been a major setback. What's that? What's that mindset that keeps us moving forward? How do we, you know, engender our resilience and our grit and our fire to to keep moving forward? So, I think you know the focus on longevity is great, and you know, again, from my perspective, it's helping people continue to move forward and look forward to aging, no matter what gets in the way. Well, with senior living communities, there is a focus on helping people live longer, healthier, and as you mentioned, more fulfilling lives. How do the activities that you were talking about also help lessen loneliness and isolation for seniors? And why is this beneficial as we age? Yeah, loneliness is such a big factor. And, you know, we hear a lot about it. The Surgeon General um, provided a report this year about the extent of loneliness and the ramifications, the consequences of the loneliness. And, you know, some of the facts, just quickly, kind of experiencing that state of loneliness is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And it puts us at a higher risk of dementia, a higher risk of 
mortality, even than air pollution or obesity or excess alcohol. And we're also learning about risk factors for dementia and loneliness is on that list. It's a modifiable risk factor, of course, but loneliness is huge. So I'm always concerned. I do a lot of support groups and discussion groups at a number of residential senior communities and and V in La Jolla is one of them. And I'm always concerned about, you know, what happens with the people who are not engaged? How do, you know, how do we reach the people who prefer to retreat and stay by themselves? Because that is a, again, that's a risk factor. So I think it's important for the senior communities to, you know, address um, kind of meeting people where they're at. They may not want to jump into a lot of social activities and maybe they're not socially gregarious, but we still have to meet them where they're at. So anytime we can, you know, what I used to call a gentle nudge, sometimes we don't want to ask a person, do you want to come to this activity? It's better to say, look, why don't you join us for having a little music with a gentle encouragement, not a push, but just a gentle encouragement. So helping people to overcome some of those barriers. It's not easy. And I think loneliness and retreat is, you know, it's an uncomfortable place, but sometimes people, it's kind of like a comfort zone. They don't take any risks and they stay there. And as uncomfortable and as unpleasant as it is, it may be easier for them to stay there than to drop some of those, um, remove some of those barriers. Well, and I guess that when we look at the senior living communities, that's one of the major benefits, honestly, because seniors have all these different activities that are being offered by their activities and lifestyle departments. And if you are living alone at your home and you're not in a senior community, you're not exposed to necessarily as many people on a daily basis. That's so true. And I, you know, I really, I think that's an important ingredient to moving into a senior living community because, you know, people living at home, maybe they have neighbors and maybe their neighbors move away or pass away and they become less involved and, you know, maybe more isolated. So the whole notion of having social activity opportunities and engagement, maybe small groups or large groups, but providing, you know, one of the, I mentioned the blue zones and the social engagement connection with a community. That's one of the ingredients for longevity. So when we have those opportunities for, you know, purpose and meaningful lifestyles, maybe learning, you know, new languages or taking some online classes, but the senior living communities can offer this kind of mental challenge. You know, I was reading about, you know, Henry Kissinger, who passed away recently, (laughs) and it's a funny story. They interviewed his son, and Henry Kissinger lived to 100, and he doesn't quite know why he lived to 100, because he wasn't following the healthiest of lifestyles. The son said he ate a lot of um, sausages and meter schnitzel and um, <laughs> refused to refuse to do any kind of exercise. But what kept him going, and this is very telling, what kept him going was that kind of mental cognitive engagement. He was continuing to speak. He, you know, enjoyed debates and any kind of um, interactions on a, on a global level. He was continuing to write books. So there are exceptions with the diet and with the exercise, but for those who continue in this kind of mental, mentally challenging activities, that's huge. And when you know the senior living setting can provide, that's that's really an essential ingredient for longevity. 
Well, I'm always amazed at the way some of the seniors at the V communities stay active, whether they're playing tennis, golf, bocce, well into their 90s. And I even know of one who's 100 years old still playing bocce. They seem to be looking at aging with a fresh mindset. How does it help to look at the senior years in a positive way and really look forward to getting older? Yeah, well, I use the expression age is only a number. And I mean that. Sometimes we get caught up in, you know, comparing ourselves to others who are the same age or we see that we're not doing as well, or maybe we put too much emphasis on our chronological age. And there's a, a quick story I can share. This gentleman in Holland, and his name was Emil Rattelbond. He worked in television. He was 69 years old and he just didn't like being 69. He went to the Dutch court to try to change his age to 49. He said, if <laughs> If I'm 49, you know, I can drive a sports car. I can get a new mortgage for my house. I can get online dates. Being 69, nobody wants to date me. Nobody wants to, you know, give me a mortgage and so on. So the Dutch court said, sorry, Mr. Rodelbein, we can't do that. If we change your age, it's going to eliminate 20 years of your records in our system. However, you are free to feel as young as you want. You can feel 49, but you cannot change your chronologically. The other you know, the other important consideration here, Pam, is that besides chronological age, we have something called a health age, and that refers to how young we think we are. So age is only a number. You know, somebody who, who's 90 years old and thinks they're 75 or 80 is actually healthier. They, the person with that, that health age where they think they're younger than their chronological age they take more preventive measures. They they do better on tests of memory and cognitive functioning. They have fewer incidents of chronic disease. So it's the it's the the mindset that is really important. That you know people see, oh, I'm turning ninety. That means I must slow down. Well, our age doesn't say anything about what we should or shouldn't be doing. So the hundred year olds and you know playing bocce and continuing to be active, I admire that. But it, to me that Let's not be, let the age per se, that chronological age, get in the way. I, I love to do groups when I talk about, you know, what can you still do and what did you used to do and you can't enjoy anymore, but what do you, can you do now and you still enjoy? So I put the focus on what you can do, what you have, not what you cannot do, not what you don't have. Let's put the focus on the positives, all the assets, all the residual strengths rather than looking at what's wrong or, you know, what I can't do anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we can't do anymore, but there are still many things that we can do and we can continue to put the spotlight on those things. And it is a mindset. And that, you know, I admire the people that are continuing to to keep, you know, pushing themselves and keep moving forward. And, and no matter what gets in the way, no matter what cards we've been dealt, we, we keep pushing forward. Absolutely. And, you know, I've always thought of myself as still 29. And now I know that I really can't ask to continue to be 29. So thank you for letting me know that. You yeah. know, who would have ever thought you would actually try and, and change your age? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, it didn't work for him, but he was, free, you know, again, free to feel as young as you want. Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting you say that because one of the residents I've had the opportunity to get to know at a V community always likes to say, I love this quote, I'm not looking to add years to my life, but life to my years. And I just love that idea. How important is it that seniors focus on creating a sense of purpose and meaning in their lives? Yeah, I think that's really crucial. You know, 
I encourage people to not look at maybe their past careers and, you know, past times and what they've always enjoyed. Let's look at new opportunities, new doors to open. And the whole notion that, you know, I was an accountant for 40 years or I was a nurse or a doctor or a writer. I, I think we have to continue to redefine ourselves and look at new doors to open and take some new classes, learn some new skills. I bought myself a set of electronic drums a couple of years ago, and I'm trying to teach myself to play the drums. <laughs> it's very difficult. I'm not musically inclined, but I think we have to continue to uh, redefine ourselves and adopting this positive attitude and staying positive, like I said, even when things get in the way. You know, it's the same idea that there are things that we can control and there are things that we cannot control. So let's stay engaged and continue to be involved in things that we enjoy and let's let go of things that we have no control over. In, in doing some research about you and looking at your website before uh, we got together, you introduced me to the concept of longevity bonus. Talk about what that is. Tell us yeah. about it. Well, that's the beauty of uh, living longer. You know, the idea that, you know, retirement brings and senior years bring just kind of this slow, steady decline. That's changing. That's the old stereotype. That's the old ageist attitude that aging brings with it, you know, helplessness and dependency. Well, we got rid of that. And the whole notion now that aging brings opportunity and we're living longer. That's the fact. And we're staying healthy longer. You know, we know that our lifestyle contributes to how long we live much more than our genes do. You know, National Institute of Health said 70% of our longevity is up to our lifestyle. And only 30% is up to our genetic makeup. So, you know, we are living longer. And the, the term longevity bonus is let's, let's see what we have now. It's time to celebrate aging rather than see it as a, you know, a downside, see it in a negative view. So this bonus, these are our bonus years and we're healthier. We can stay more active. We can stay more engaged wherever we are. And let's, you know, let's reach out and let's adopt some new things. You know, the, the choreographer, Twyla Tharp, she writes Broadway dance and musicals, and she's a dancer. And she's still teaching into her 80s. She's written several books. And her last book was called Keep It Moving, a perfect name for a dancer, right? She talks about what's helped her continue to be so active is nonstop engagement. And the, that just, you know, carries this whole. Um, notion of we have so many more years. This we have our bonus years, and let's stay engaged and let's continue to be involved rather than slowing down and retreat. So that's that's where I'm coming from, Pam. Well, and, and I would of course love to live to the age of 100. I would guess many people listening to this podcast feel the same way. What statistics do you have on how many people are are, are actually hitting the century mark? And how are senior living communities advancing the achievement of this milestone birthday? Well, in the U.S., there's um, about 90,000 people who are uh, 100 or over. That's out of 330 million Americans. So that's about 3%. And we're seeing that half still live independently. And uh, most of them are women, of course. Four out of five are women. But typically, the centenarians are in better physical and mental condition than the average 80-year-old. 
And they, you know, they reach this centenarian status just by, you know, good genes, of course, and still more importantly, lifestyle. So I think when senior living settings can recognize these, this is a major milestone and, you know, paying attention to not just the number, but paying attention to the attitude, the mindset, the positive outlook that the centenarian has and continuing to, you know, address that and, you know, put the spotlight on it, gold stars. These are important, you know, important steps to take, important things to recognize in the community because they're doing the right things. And, you know, we can all learn a lot. We learn a lot from, you know, watching these people and continuing to play play tennis and bocce and, you know, their 90s and 100 plus. So let's recognize that. Let's pay attention to that. And again, it's not so much the number per se. To me, what's more important is the whole lifestyle that they've adopted and what they can share and how they adapt, how they adjust to changes. Because as I've always said, it's not a smooth road. There's always going to be bumps and potholes. But, you know, we get knocked down and the resilient person gets back up and continues to move forward. So let's recognize the achievements that the centenarians have, you know, reached and the milestones and, you know, kudos to them for, you know, everything that they've done right. We, you know, we'd look at making more informed decisions the older we get. And it is, you know, we have more wisdom. We have more tolerance. We have more uh, sense of humor. It's time to look at the upsides to aging to celebrate getting older. So, so really, I mean, quantity is good, but quality is even better. When we look oh, yeah. At- yeah, for sure. Quality is better. Yeah. And it's not easy. I mean, for some, it's easier than others, but it does take work. It takes persistence and tenacity. And like I said, continuing to dig deep and find that energy, find that resolve. It's bottomless. And people think, oh, I don't have anything left in me. I don't have any, you know. Lump for I don't have any joy left, or I maintain that it's always there. We always have that resilience. We always have that spirit or fire inside or grit, whatever we want to call it. It's always there. We can always get in touch with it. So that's what brings us the quality and, you know, keeping a smile on our face no matter what, you know, what's going on. Thank you, Dr. Kashiani, for joining us today and providing us with some valuable information. Do you have any final or parting comments before we end the program today? Well, you're very welcome, Pam. Thank you for this invitation. I just say, you know, the successful aging means to me staying positive, even when things get in the way and senior living settings that can offer the environment, the setting, the you know opportunities to stay engaged, cognitively challenged. That's really key. So kudos to the V and similar settings that can continue to support this, these uh, positive mindsets about aging. Again, thank you for joining us and thank you for listening to our podcast. Tune in again to gain new ideas and creative solutions for your clients on Senior Living Straight Talk hosted by V. On Senior Living Straight Talk, we speak with industry experts about some of the most frequently discussed topics on seniors' minds today. The intent of this podcast is to educate Views presented do not constitute advice or services. Content covered in the podcast should not be construed as legal or financial advice.